Monkey peeps. Well, it's Monday, the most dreaded workday of the week. But on the bright side, here's a new Punky Power on unofficial Punky Brewster podcast episode for you to help lift your spirits a little. We have Season 1, Episode 18, I Love You, Brandon, which aired on February 17th, 1985. I'm your host, Angela Bowen, and let's drive, let's dive right into this episode. A word of warning, though, you may need to get your tissues out because we are dealing with a tearjerker of an episode today, peeps. I know, how could I do this and on a Monday, too, but the show must go on in any event. So on with the show and on with the episode. Here's a synopsis of the episode. Henry scolds Brandon for eating several valuable stamps. After that, Punky takes him on a walk where he is hit by a car. He is rushed to the veterinary hospital where his prognosis is grim. We begin the episode in Punky's room as we hear hammering. We see Brandon in his inner tube bed. He's huge now compared to when we first saw her room and Punky gets her own room in season 1 episode 4.1. Punky gets her own room. Punky congratulates Cherry and Alan on a great job and how it's the best doghouse she's ever seen. Cherry adds, let's face it, we're good. Just then, it crumbles to the ground like it was made out of paper mache. Brandon looks at it like, oh my, OMG, I could have died. Alan turns to Brandon and says, Brandon, you should have got homeowner's insurance. Henry rushes into the room full of excitement and tells the kids he has a wonderful surprise. What is it? Punky exclaims. He tells them he'll give him he'll give them a hint. It has to do with royalty. It's Prince, Punky says to herself, shocked and runs out the door, followed by Alan and Cherry. Henry just stands there confused and rolls his eyes. I'd be like, royalty? Prince William! Sweet! Oh, no. No, no, not yet. (laughs) Out in the living room, the kids are actively looking for Prince. As of late, I'm sorry to say he has passed. Punky asks Henry, where's Prince? And Henry, who's shuffling through his wallet, asks, who's Prince? And Cherry, hanging off of the swinging door to the kitchen, turns around, telling him, he's the guy who made Purple Rain. I love that song. However, I have not seen the movie and have no intention of doing so. I thought air pollution did that, Henry mentions. Maybe he's referring to acid rain. Punky looks at Henry confused and says, Henry, I don't see a surprise. Henry waves his wallet in the air, telling them the surprise is in his wallet. Alan, not missing a beat, excitedly tells Henry, I got it! You just came back from the bank and you're giving us each a hundred dollars! Dream big, Alan, buddy. (laughs) Henry just looks at Alan like, are you for real, kid? And he says, in your dreams, Alan. I notice Alan is back to wearing that gray sweatshirt with a cut with the cut-off sleeves and wrist cuffs. Now, I've seen him in other clothes, so I know that's that's not the only article of clothing his character owns. Put him in other outfits. Expand his wardrobe, please. Maybe even style his hair. I see he finally got it trimmed, because before it was a hot mess, and now that it's shorter, but it's messy again. Put some gel in that hair or something. Okay, that's the end of my rant on Alan's wardrobe and hairstyle. I've drug his character through the mud enough. 
I really do like him. He's a comic relief, and believe me, this episode will need it dearly. He sits down, Henry sits down on the arm of the couch, and the kids gather around as he tells them he's just come from an estate sale. And they think he means a state like an actual state. Cherry wonders aloud how much New Jersey costs. Henry explains to them that an estate sale occurs after someone has passed, and their possessions are sold at an auction. Mm. Alan asks if Henry got his wallet off a dead guy. I don't think I could go to an estate sale. A neighbor a couple houses down from me, I didn't really know her, passed away like uh, a couple years ago, a few years ago. And they had an estate sale, and you could walk through her house. I walked through, but I felt uncomfortable doing it. Like, this lady had just died, and people all all around me were pawing at her stuff that was for sale. I, I got out of there, and I'm like, I feel kind of creeped out. No, I bought these stamps from a dead guy, he informs them. That's it? Stamps? Punky asks, clearly unimpressed. They're not just any stamps. They're the crown heads of Europe series, he tells her. Wow, Henry must be desperate to share his joy over those stamps with somebody because those kids could really care less. Maybe if they were stamps of, say, Prince, Michael Jackson, or Boy George, somebody they would know and care about. Prince William only would have been over two and a half years old at this time, so still about ten years away from heartthrob status yet. He starts pointing out who they are on the stamps. King George, Queen Wilhelmina, Sir Nicholas, Kaiser Wilhelm. Henry looks at Alan looks at Henry and tells him they're really neat, and Henry turns to him surprised and thanks him. Henry tells Alan he always knew he had a bit of a f- flattenist in him and looks at Alan looks at Henry suddenly with fear in his eyes asking I do? Am I gonna die? Henry corrects him telling him a philatinist is a stamp collector and Alan breathes a sigh of relief although in Alan's defense did Henry really think that he or the girls for that matter would even know what the heck that word even means? I even had to look it up for the definition as well as the correct spelling Alan tells Henry his mom is also a stamp collector, and Henry, amazed, takes his glasses off, asking, Is that so? Don't get too excited, Henry. It's not the kind of stamps you're thinking of. Yeah! Three more books and she can get a waffle iron! Alan tells him, holding three fingers up proudly. Alan tells him, Congratulations, sarcastically. And Alan smiles, saying, Thanks! Then Henry asks if they want to see a stamp album. The girls hesitate, well, but Alan over-enthusiastically, he's all for it. He's like, sure! And Alan passes his head and then heads over to the table to get it. The girls both hit Alan in the arm, giving him a shove. Henry comes over with this giant book of stamps, and then the camera pans over to Brandon, who looks like he's falling asleep and snoring. He asks them if they'd like to t- him to tell them the history behind the stamps i'd be like no not really there's a lot of stamps there guys and if he's going by each stamp individually or page by page that's still gonna take a while to get through and i'm sure they'd rather spend their time doing something else otherwise henry make it a brief overview of the history on them please (laughs) he tells them it'll only take a couple hours oh yes Only a couple hours, really. Like, they could not be doing anything else in that time. 
I'd be like, and this is where I excuse myself and walk away. <laughs> well, Punky and Cherry jag- drag out the word, but Alan jumps in saying, sure! The doorbell rings and Henry gets up to answer it, and that's when Punky <laughs> hits Alan in the head with a pillow. Becky comes in, uh, Betty, I'm sorry guys, Betty comes in and tells him she has a complaint, and Henry just smiles at her like, what else is new? She tells him that with all the sawing and hammering going on, I'm guessing, what, is that outside or in the building itself? Because if it's in the building itself, I mean, it's, what really can Henry do? It, well, it caused her Mr. T teacup to fall off her whatnot shelf, and he asks if it broke. She holds up the remaining piece, which is just basically the handle holding onto the side of the cup, and a long gold chain. He asked if it can be fixed, and she tells him all the glue in the world and all the fix-it men couldn't put Mr. T back together again. The kids are actually looking at the stamps, and Brandon designed the crown heads of Europe stamp just haphazardly sitting on the coffee table. He grabs it in his mouth and runs to the kitchen with it. Henry should have put them back in his wallet once he was done showing them to the kids. Punky goes to the kitchen door looks at Brandon telling him not to swallow the stamps but he does anyway but these look like different stamps Henry's stamps were laminated and the stamps Brandon swallows are normal looking postage stamps they rush into the kitchen as Punky and Cherry try to force Brandon's mouth open and get the stamps but it's too late They've gone down the hatch. Brandon licks Punky's ear. What did they put on her ear for him that he's, like, constantly licking her ear? Like, what, is it peanut butter or something? Or is he just being overly affectionate? He licks her ear reassuredly as she decides what to do. Alan suggests that they go home. Punky informs him, Alan, I am home. But Alan corrects her and says, But we're not! As he grabs Cherry's hand and pulls her out the back door, who turns to Punky and says, Good luck! I've always wondered where that back door leads to. Punky angrily chastises Brandon, telling him if he had a doghouse, he'd really be in it this time. But rest assured, she tells him she'll come up with a plan to get him out of this mess. Punky looks at the paper and crayons laid out on the kitchen table and gets an idea. And starts using the scissors to cut up small pieces to look like stamps. Henry and Betty are still discussing her broken cup. And she tells him the cost of the cup is $10 and also their sentimental value. She asks Henry if she can deduct $100 from her rent. I'd be like, yeah, nice try Mrs. Johnson. But I mean, I'll let you take $10 off. He tells her, in your dreams Mrs. Johnson. And she leaves. So what, she doesn't get $10 off? I mean... What can he really do? If the building is being fixed, that's out of his hands. He, I mean, if that were the case, then everyone would come saying, Hey, due to the construction going on in this apartment building, my something or whatever has fallen down, broken, blah, 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 and try to get restitution from it, so... If he helps one person, he's got to help every single one that comes to complain on his door, which... I don't hear or see any other person come to complain at his door about whatever. It's always Betty. Henry goes to sit down and look at his stamps, and Punky stops him, telling him not to look at his stamps without his magnifying glass, because he'll strain his eyes. 
He agrees with her and goes to get them. She quickly puts down the little baggie of fake made stamps. He looks at them like, okay. It's on TV. Um, the eight light bulbs and blow pads. I think his name was um, the human goat. Mm-hmm. <laughs> what about him? We sort of have a dog here like that. <laughs> Are you saying that Brandon ate my stamps? He might have. (laughs) How could he do it? It took me years to find them. They're priceless. He didn't mean to. You see, he liked those stamps so much that he tried to kiss them. They slipped right into his belly. Uh Uh-huh. That's it. I've had it up here with this mongrel. He's ruined all my furniture, and now he's swallowed my beautiful stamps. You're a bad dog. Bad dog. Come on, Brandon. Let's go and take a walk until Henry cools off. Henry, Brandon's not a bad dog. He's just a dog that's had a bad day. I was wondering if you had a set of the crowned heads of Europe stamps for sale. You might. Oh, I see. You just sold your only set to an old geezer and you're expecting to see them at another estate sale very soon? Well, forget it. This is one old geezer who will outlive his stamps. Now Henry and Punky are at the animal hospital and the vet tech is carrying in Brandon and he's taken him into the back room. Punky wants to go in but is turned away by the receptionist who tells her she'll have to wait in the lobby. Henry directs her to a couch where a nice elderly woman is sitting. She asks Henry if he's going Punky asks Henry if he's going to be okay. Henry assures her he will be okay. He'll be fine. And how Dr. Frankel is a very good veterinarian. Is he not the regular veterinarian that they go to? Because it seems like Punky probably would have recognized him. Seems like maybe they went, if it happened on a weekend, they probably had to go to one of those emergency vet clinics. The lady sitting next to Punky tells her he sure is, and how she wouldn't trust her dog Angus with anyone else. Really? Punky asks her. Absolutely, my dear. Your dog is in excellent hands, as she pats Punky's arm. Henry thanks her for her kind words and introduces himself and Punky to her. She introduces herself as Grace uh, or Carney. Sorry, guys. I, I thought it was Connie for some reason. I had to look it up on IMDb because that's what it sounded like at first. Like, Grace Connie. Connie, a last name? But no, it's Carney. 
She gives her condolences and then asks Punky what had happened for Brandon to wind up in the emergency room. Punky explains how she and Brandon were crossing the street in a car, forgetting to stop at a red light. Brandon pushes her out of the way and gets hit by the car himself. First off, the guy had better have gotten a ticket for running that red light. People don't forget to stop at red lights. They run them. It happens all the time, at least on a daily basis. When I'm heading to work, you always see people zipping through that red light. Not to mention, he almost ran over a child. So now he could have been looking at vehicular vehicular manslaughter if she had been hit and died. Plus, in Chicago, their streets are crazy busy, although they could be in a smaller part of Chicago. I'm not sure. And lastly, Brandon pushed her out of the way. That shows bravery and protectiveness over his girl. Sacrificing himself for her safety. That is loyalty right there. Mrs. Connie tells her that Brandon is a brave dog for saving her life, but Punky tearfully tells her it was his fault and that he got that he got hit and that she should have been a, had him on his leash. Mrs. Connie tells Punky that it wasn't her fault. It was just an ex- unfortunate accident. What the f- Henry agrees with Mrs. Carney and tells Punky that Brandon wouldn't blame her for what happened. Punky turns to Mrs. Carney and asks what happened to her dog for him to be in there. And she tells Punky, she explains to her that Angus is just old and he's having an operation that she hopes will give him a few more years. I wonder what the operation is for and what it's going to do to help him. At what point, when a dog or our pet gets old, that we start doing things to prolong their life more to benefit ourselves more than our pet. When our pet is more than ready to move on, but we're not ready to let go. I'm happy I haven't had to make the choice to put my animals to sleep. Both my rabbit Toby, uh, my rabbit Alfie and my guinea pig Toby passed away on their own due to old age. Yes, it was still a shock, especially Alfie's, because it came as a surprise to me. He hadn't been eating or drinking water too much, so I had to move to giving him, syringing him water. I even took him in for a blood analysis. The next morning, Jeremy told me Alfie was moving around in his cage. Around, so that was around 7 a.m. And I thought, okay, we made it through an, a, a, you know, another, a new day. And I went back to sleep. But when I came downstairs at 9, Alfie had passed away. And I broke down. I felt cheated because I thought we had another day. I thought I'd done the best that I could to help him. I thought we'd be able to make it through this. That what I had done had helped. I got the blood work results that day and they revealed that his blood, red blood cell count was low and his kidneys were failing him. He'd lived for eight and a half years. He was with Jeremy and I after we had been dating for two years and I had gotten him at the, at the pet store. You know, Alfie saw us through getting married two years later in 2007, moving into our own place in 2008, buying our first house in 2009, and he got to meet my new kitten, Quinn, two months before he passed away in October of 2013. I have since gotten a new rabbit, a little, he's a little over a year old. His name is London. He's gray and white like Alfie, but that's pretty much where the similarities end. They're pretty different personality-wise. 
Dr. Frankel comes out of the examination room and Punky rushes over asking how Brandon is. And he tells her and Henry that Brandon has a broken leg, which they're currently setting. And he also sustained a concussion within, when his head hit the ground. Punky asks to see him, but Dr. Frankel tells her, it's, you know, you can't see him just yet. She asks if he's going to be okay, and the doctor tells her that they don't know yet. He puts his ha uh, Henry puts his hands on Punky's shoulders and guides her back over to the couch as he tells her Brandon will be fine. And he looks the doctor square in the face and said, he's got to be. Why would a doctor flat out say that to a child? Like, we don't know. We, we don't know. Give it time right now. I mean, it's a, a wait and see game. Don't flat out say no or I don't know just yet. Just... Say it's too early to tell right now at the moment. So at least you're not throwing all hope out the window. In the next scene, Punky has fallen asleep next to Mrs. Carney, who's knitting a red sweater for Angus. Punky wakes up and notices Henry's not back yet. And she asks what kind of dog Angus is. And Mrs. Carney pulls out her wallet with pictures inside. She shows Punky pictures of her and Angus in Miami Beach, Florida. And mentions how Angus loves to body surf. Okay, that's cool. She's a retiree, you know, that goes down to Florida in the winter with her dog. You know, he's her buddy and her companion. Punky mentions how he looks like a great dog. And Mrs. Carney points out that he's her best friend ever since her husband Howard died. Punky apologizes at the loss of her husband and how she must really miss him. And she tells her how Angus is a better companion than Howard ever was. Angus is neat, loyal, and trustworthy. And how she never knew where Howard was at night. So her jerk of a husband was running around on her? Jeez. Punky tells her how dogs are great, and also in the morning when she wakes up, she can just tell Brandon's little doggy voice telling her to rise and shine. It's a doggone good day. Mrs. Carney tells Punky how when Angus wakes up in the morning, he goes, Oh, my aching bones, I think I'll sleep a wee bit longer. Punky tells her she hopes... She and Angus will be together for a real long time. And Mrs. Carney agrees and says she hopes so. She honestly doesn't know what she'd do without him. Why do I get the feeling that something bad is going to happen to Angus? The way they're saying all this, Punky tells her she doesn't know what she'd do about without Brandon either. Just then, Henry comes back holding a deep dish puppy pizza. Brandon's favorite treat. Uh, Henry, you probably should have waited on that. Brandon still has to come out of his coma and recuperate. Couldn't you have waited till later for that? I mean, it'll be cold. I mean, I know Brandon probably won't care either way, being he's a dog, but now's not the time. Henry tells her it's the least he could do. It's really his fault that Brandon is in there because he yelled at him about those stupid stamps. This never would have happened if it weren't for him. Now it's Henry's turn of feeling guilty. Punky goes over to Henry, telling him it's not his fault, and if Brandon doesn't blame Punky for what happened, he surely doesn't bl blame Henry. They hug and they sit back down. Dr. Frankel comes out and tells his, Mrs. Carney that Angus' op operation was successful. And he's in the recovery room. And then she leaves to go see him. 
He then asks to speak with Henry privately regarding Brandon's condition. He tells him that unfortunately there's no change and in his opinion there's very little chance of survival. He recommends that Brandon be put to sleep. And outraged, Henry tells him, absolutely not. That dog means everything to my little girl. Dr. Frankel tells Henry that everyone loves their pet, and it's hard, a hard thing to have to do. But in Brandon's case, it's a humane thing to do. In Brandon's, it's a humane thing to do in Brandon's best interest. Henry tells him he has to talk it over with Punky first. Henry goes to sit down next to Punky and tells her they have to make a decision about Brandon. And Punky asks what he means. Henry tells her Dr. Frankel feels it would be best to put Brandon to sleep. No! Punky cries out and Henry pulls her to him. He tells her they have to do what's best for Brandon and they can't let him suffer. He asks her what she thinks they should do and she looks at him and says she should go and say goodbye to Brandon. <laughs> I'm playing this clip of her saying goodbye to Brandon because it's so heartfelt and I'm already crying as I'm right as I was writing those notes as I'm starting to get choked up now. So I will be right back. Hi Brandon. How do you feel? Yeah, I don't feel so hot either. Thanks for pushing me out of the way of that car. You saved my life. If you want to know the truth, I'd rather have gotten hit. Brandon, Dr. Frankel's gonna give you something to make you stay asleep. And when you wake up, you'll be in heaven. Brandon, this isn't right. I can't give up. I'm not gonna let you die. You still have squirrels to chase and bones to bury. You're gonna be around for a long, long time. But first you've gotta wake up. Brandon, wake up! Please, Brandon. I love you. I love you. I love you. After Brandon wakes up and Punky and Henry are celebrating joyously, Mrs. Carney comes in with tears streaming down her face. Angus has passed away. This breaks my heart. He was fine and recovering, so what happened? Did Brandon take his, you know, Angus's life force so he could live? 
Maybe the only way one could live is if the other dies? I don't know. Punky begins to ponder this very thought as Mrs. Carney goes back out into the waiting room. Why Brandon woke up and Henry suggests that maybe because he knew how much Punky loved him and needed him in her life. And Punky, Punky says, but Mrs. Carney loved Angus, so why didn't he live? Henry doesn't have an answer for that. Back at the apartment, Henry and Punky come in the door and Punky encourages Brandon as he slowly walks in. We see he has a, has a cast on his front leg and Cherry has signed her name on it. Punky tells Brandon they really missed him and Henry tells Brandon he has a surprise for him and tells him to close his eyes and Punky puts her arm across his face and Henry whips off the sheet and reveals a brand new state-of-the-art top-of-the-line doghouse. It's really fancy, like a small child-sized dog dollhouse, but for dogs. Punky tells Henry it's beautiful, and he asks Brandon what he thinks. Brandon sticks his head right inside, and dissatisfied, he chooses his favorite spot, the Afghan chair. Punky giggles at Henry. Alright, that's the episode, everyone. Have a great Monday, Punky peeps. Time for my Brandon Tailwag episode rating. I'm giving it 5 out of 5 Brandon Tailwags. 1. For Alan's excited interest in the stamps, he keeps getting hit by Cherry and Punky because they could care less about the stamps. And Henry takes Alan's answer like he's answering for all three of them. 2. Brandon eating the stamps and Punky's fast thinking of creating fake ones to buy some time, although Henry sees right through it. 3. Punky meeting Mrs. Carney, and she tells Punky about her dog, Angus. What a sweet lady. She loves her dog so much, although he passed away. Punky, tear, her tearful goodbye to Brandon, then he wakes up. Five, Brandon choosing the Afghan chair, his favorite, over Henry's gorgeous top-of-the-line doghouse. Time for Punky's principles. What I got from this episode was... If something bad happens to your furry critter, be it a dog, cat, small animal, don't blame yourself. You could ask yourself all the what if this and what if what if that questions until your brain, explode, brain explodes. But try to focus on the positive. And if you do lose your pet, it's okay to grieve. Just don't let that grief consume you. And let people in. Share your grief with others because odds are they've been through it before as well. Alright, join me next Monday, July 3rd, as we get pumped up for the next episode entitled Punky Brewster's Workout, which aired on February 24th, 1985, where Punky and her friends make their own workout video with Henry's new camcorder that he bought for work. Hilarity ensues. Let's give a shout out now to some new listeners this week. We have Hyattsville, Maryland, San Marcos, California, Muskegon, Michigan, Farmington, Michigan, Boston, Massachusetts, Coachella, California, Edmonton, Canada, and Kalamazoo, Michigan. A lot of Michigan on here. I want to give a sincere thank you to all you listeners out there, whether you're listening to this podcast on iTunes or SoundCloud or any other listening platforms that you may use to hear this podcast. I love giving you guys the episode recaps of Punky Brewster every week. 
as you join me as I go into full detail describing her many adventures and shenanigans with Henry Brandon and her friends, as well as my occasional running commentary and childhood stories. I had childhood stories, but they were all sad, and I really didn't want to bum you guys out this episode because... It's a bummer of an episode anyway, and I think we've all shed enough tears for one day. Also, if you enjoy this podcast, please rate, review, and subscribe so you won't miss an episode. The more rates and reviews this podcast gets, the easier it is for other people to see it. That it's out there, so tell your friends and family. This is a family-friendly podcast to be listened to by all. Also, check out my social media sites, which you can access using the links on my SoundCloud account, Punky Brewster. Punky Power, an unofficial Punky Brewster podcast. I post throughout the week listener and episode trivia questions for upcoming episodes on my social media sites. And if you'd like to become an honorary Punky Peep of the week, crown and all, plus you get a shout out on the podcast as well. And you'll have a special congratulations post on all my Punky Power social media platforms. All you got to do is just answer the listener and episode trivia questions posted on my social media sites. Facebook, Punky Power, an unofficial Punky Brewster podcast. Instagram, PB or Punky PB podcast. Twitter, Punky PB podcast. Tumblr, Punky Power, an unofficial Punky Brewster podcast. And Gmail, Punky Power PB podcast at gmail.com. For those of you that want to email me to tell me what Punky Brewster means to you, if you watch it as a child, or maybe you introduce it to your child. Or anything punky related, as well as praise for this podcast. Until next time, punky peeps, have a great week and let your punky power shine on. See you next Monday.